The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome, welcome to Pride Connection. We hope that you looked over your shoulder before shutting the door to ensure that no friendly ghost guests made their way in behind you. We recognize that Halloween is not only a special time for many queer people, but also simply for those young at heart. This week, we invited the community to share not only your stories, but also a few songs. And we invite you to sit back and relax as the dance of the spirits unfolds. Welcome to my house. I can honestly say that there is something that I enjoy about all four seasons. Wintertime is an opportunity to stay inside and escape the cold, to cuddle up with someone that you love, to enjoy awesome food and hang out with friends and family and celebrate the holidays. Springtime is that opportunity to frolic in nature and to explore and to experience the rebirth of all the plants and to watch Mother Nature bring the spark back to the world. Summertime brings a sense of carefree happiness, a time to be adventurous, a time to go places that I've never been before, to go to conventions, to vacation. But the fall, the autumn, spooky season, sweater weather, whatever you call it, that time of the year is my absolute favorite. I absolutely love the turning of the leaves. And I adore the cooler weather. I love the smell of burning leaves and bonfires. And I love sitting around the campfire with my friends, enjoying s'mores and singing songs and drinking beer. And while I pretend to hate pumpkin spice, there's a part of me that secretly looks forward to it every year. I love sitting in my living room in the dark with my friends watching scary movies. But honestly, the cheesier ones are way more fun. I love watching those stupid animated Halloween specials. Okay, Spongebob scaredy pants. I love pumpkins, and I love candy, and I love Halloween parties, and I love watching the joy on children's faces as they get to explore different facets of themselves when they wear their costumes. As a matter of fact, costumes are probably my absolute favorite part of Halloween. It's a chance to 
be someone different, to explore a different side of yourself with no fear of judgment. I wore many costumes. My mother made most of them for me. I was Kermit the Frog when I was in kindergarten. One year, I was Sylvester the Cat, and my sister was Tweety Bird. Some of my more unique costumes were a conehead from Saturday Night Live, and one year, I was Weird Al Yankovic. But there was one Halloween that I thought was really special and pertinent to this episode of Pride Connection. It was the Halloween of 2021. And I had spent the better half of almost two years home alone, living through COVID by myself. And I had spent the majority of that time experimenting with gender, trying to figure out who I was. And I had heard about people dressing in drag for Halloween. And this was something that I had always, always wanted to do. But I was always afraid to try it. I guess I was afraid that people would see past the facade. People would catch on that it was more to me than just a joke. I was afraid that they would see that I was enjoying it too much. So I never did it. But 2021 was a really special year for me because I was developing into a new person. I was growing and evolving. And I decided that that year was the year that I was going to go to a Halloween party thrown by my friends Keith and Jody, who, by the way, are real Halloween aficionados. They decorate their house to the nines. They have all the decorations, all the food, all the music. Their Halloween parties are always amazing. And so I thought, you know, this is going to be the year that I'm going to dress in drag and, and present as feminine for the first time in public. So my friends and I went to Spirit Halloween and it wasn't long at all before I found the perfect costume. I had been obsessed with Beetlejuice the musical for the last year. And I found a sexy Beetlejuice costume, the girl version of Beetlejuice, and it was absolutely perfect. It was a black and white dress with a purple tie and a rusty chain going across the chest and uh, little pins all over the dress with different references to Beetlejuice. There was a cute little black and white headband and there were thigh highs like black and white thigh-high socks, which I ended up not wearing. I ended up wearing leggings instead because the, the thigh-highs kept rolling down my leg and I was self-conscious that that would happen during the party. So I showed up to my friend's Halloween party presenting feminine as girl Beetlejuice and everyone loved it. Everyone was so supportive and I had such a good time. And then afterwards, after the party was over, we went to a grocery store here in Minneapolis to get some supplies because we're going to watch a scary movie and we needed some alcohol and snacks. And I, I went to Target wearing my wig and my headband and my dress and my thigh highs and my gloves and my, you know, my heels and everything. And no one, no one glanced at me twice. Nobody judged me. 
everyone just kind of treated me normal. And I was so elated The the sense of euphoria was amazing that, that, that feeling, that flooding of feelings that this is me, this is who I'm supposed to be. This is, this is how I want to be in the real world. It all just came flooding in. And, and I knew, I knew on Halloween, of 2021, after I wore that costume out in public for the first time, I knew that I was a girl and that it was just going to take me time and effort and energy to come out and to, to make that leap, to start transitioning. And it took me a whole year. It took me a whole year to get there, but I did it. The next year, I went to a gay bar, not in costume, but as myself, I wore a cute mini blue dress and tights and heels and a cropped black jacket. And uh, that was the beginning of the rest of my life. So Halloween is really special to me, especially the Halloween of 2021. Thank you for listening to my story. I really appreciate the opportunity to tell it. And if I could give one piece of advice, it would be manifest whatever it is that's hiding inside of you into a costume and try it on and go out into the world wearing that costume and see if it sticks. See if it's something that you think you could wear throughout the rest of the year. If it's something that you really want to be. No one's judging you. It's Halloween. And that's all I have to say. Thank you for the opportunity And thank you for listening to my story. Hello there, BPI family. This is Tim Cummings, and I'd like to share a few of my Halloween memories. Probably my favorite costume, or the one that I remember the most. I think I was probably six or seven maybe a little older than that, I dressed up as a devil, complete with a tail and everything. And I took the costume to school because we have Halloween parties at school. And then obviously that night I went out dressed as a devil for Halloween for trick-or-treating. That was really fun. And in terms of my favorite candy, I'm trying to think if Kit Kats were around. I don't think they were when I was that young. This would have been late 60s or early 70s. I don't know if Kit Kats were around then, but I loved Hershey bars with almonds, and I loved Nestle's Crunch candy bars. I loved Reese's Cups back then. Those were some of my favorites. I remember that we'd always get back from Halloween, from trick-or-treating, and my parents would say, well, don't eat all your candy all at once or you'll get sick. But uh, it was it was a lot of fun. So I had some good memories of, of Halloween and hope the rest of the BPI family is having a good Halloween this year. Hey, Jessica, it's Larissa. I'm just popping in to talk about Halloween. I think Halloween has always been one of my favorite days of the year because it is the only day where you can be whoever you want to be and there's no judgment. And I think there's so much freedom, particularly for young people, in being able to experiment in 
a way that's safe and completely sanctioned and nobody's judging. Um, I remember as a teenager, a lot of the young people that were in my group of friends were people who were questioning their sexuality and gender identity. And it was the perfect time to, you know, maybe dress in drag or push the boundaries and see how it feels for a day without having anybody judging you because it was what everybody was doing. I still love Halloween. I think my favorite Halloween costume as a grown-up was a fuzzy unicorn onesie. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I don't know what ever happened to it, but it was the best costume. It was warm, which is one of the things you can never really get with a, a Halloween costume. So it's like wearing pajamas, but being a unicorn. I love, love, love all the candy of Halloween. And I think that's one of the most fun parts of Halloween as a grown-up that, you know, it's kind of like a cheat day or a free day. I allow myself to eat as much candy as I want and I feel zero guilt about it. There's really nothing more fun to talk about than Halloween and like how it brings out the kid and everybody and it's all about candy and costumes. I actually joke with my friends. I love Halloween so much that I propose that it is a week called Halloween. Um, I always joke that if I ever become Prime Minister of Canada, the first thing I would do in office is make Halloween a thing, which is why I will never be Prime Minister. But how much fun would that be? Uh, a whole week of costumes and candy. I mean, what's better? <laughs> Hi, it's Jessica Tomlinson, one of your Pride Connection editors. I've been playing around with and tinkering with audio equipment since I was very young. Back then, cassette recorders had a variable speed switch allowing much longer recording time of low-fidelity spoken content. I use this feature for a completely different purpose, however. I recorded students in the hallway at my high school talking to each other, slamming their locker doors, and generally making a lot of noise. I then flipped the speed switch to play all of this back at half speed, and my mom said it sounded like ghosts rising out of the grave. I also had some bargain basement sound effects libraries on CDs, and I eventually set up two or three tape machines, a CD boombox or two, and a microphone, all connected to a small five-channel mixer with its main output going to a home CD burner. I created some pretty spooky mixes, which I then played for unsuspecting children who came to the house on Halloween night looking for treats. Later, when I was in college, taking classical pipe organ lessons, I had an early model electric Baldwin organ at the house for practice. I delighted in augmenting my pre-recorded mixes with live organ playing for the trick-or-treaters. I played Bach chorale preludes and other somber material in a heavy, gravitas minor key, and the effect was striking. Working on this episode of Pride Connection has brought me full circle, especially dabbling with the sound effects and inserts between your stories. We have come so far, and so much is now possible in the digital domain. I look forward to many happy years of dabbling in sound design and music production. So hey, this is Anthony. I thought I would talk a little bit about 
some of my favorite costumes. I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy Halloween. It's my second favorite holiday right behind Christmas. I am a creative thinker, like to have the spotlight kind of person that started at a young age. So I'm going to talk about three of my favorite costumes. The first one is from when I was about nine years old. There was a show called V, and it was about alien lizards that came to the planet to basically steal all the water and capture humans for food. And so I created with my dad, and my mom helped a little bit too, uh, half lizard. So there was parts, they came with human skin over the lizard face and body. And so at one point, the most shocking in the original movie, the face gets ripped and there's this lizard face underneath. They had a red uniform, very Janet Jackson, Rhythm Nation looking kind of thing. Well, that was before Rhythm Nation. But anyway, I digress as I'm known to do. That's my third favorite costume. I was half human, half lizard with the face hanging off in a makeshift red alien jumpsuit thing. My second favorite costume came a few years ago. It was definitely a lot of fun. I decided to try something really, really interesting. There's those lights, neon lights. Sometimes you see them in clubs and things. They're not Christmas lights. They're like flashing lights in a plastic tube. And so I got three different sizes of those and figured out how to connect it to one of those old-fashioned, the big block battery things and get it to run. And so I dressed up as a roller coaster. <laughs> I had things hanging off me. It was a very fragile costume, but I came in second place in a costume contest. Now, spoiler alert, if there are any kids in the room, you may want to pause this and send them for a little snacky poo. My favorite costume of all came when I was in my early to mid-twenties, and I was a frequent patron of a certain famous club in Brooklyn, uh, and they used to have costume contests. And I decided that I wanted to be controversial and a little risque, et cetera, et cetera. A friend of mine actually had a very old-fashioned summer nun's habit. And the summer habits were like a light blue-gray, a little bit lighter cloth. It was a one-piece but with a like belt scoop thing. And of course, the wimple, which is the whole headdress thing. My friend who was going to school for design at Parsons University helped me cut away the fabric in the front at the waistline and then Velcro it. And so I dressed up as a nun with fishnets underneath. I was the original nun, Mother Mary, and I took one of my niece's baby dolls and took all its clothes off, tied a rope around my waist and tied the rope around one of the baby's foot, gave it about five inches worth of hang, built a little loop into the back. I could quickly tear away the front panel. I was wearing boxer briefs, a shocking lipstick red, and that was a very popular, I won the most creative costume award that night, which entitled me to free drinks for the evening. Yeah, so those are some of my favorite Halloween costumes experiences. Ha, 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 ha,
We'll return right after this break. Join the hottest club for Friday Night Fun Chat. Blind LGBT Pride hosts a clubhouse room every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Grab a drink, grab a snack, and settle in for a fabulous night of good company and great conversation. Just log on to Clubhouse and search for House Blind LGBT Pride. Not a member? No worries. Just come with a loving heart and an open mind, and our bouncers will lift the velvet rope for you. Blind LGBT Pride Clubhouse Friday Night Fun Chat. It's the only place to be for VIPs like you. Hello, friends. It's Tristan Snyder. I hope you're having a spooktacular October. The following is an episode of a series called Night Terrors that I produced before I changed my name from Chris Snyder to Tristan Snyder. My friend Erica Gilbert and I came up with the concept, and I wrote the script. Of the seven cast members, five were on the LGBTQ spectrum, and two were blind. The music composer was also blind. I hope our little story will thrill you a little and chill you a little. Have a fabulous Halloween. You are in a land away from sunlight. You are in a land of darkness and fear. Somewhere between waking and sleeping are night terrors. Night Terrors, an anthology of horror and suspense. Tonight's episode, Last Call, written by Chris Snyder and Erica Gilbert. Anyway, Mom said I do babysitting sometimes and gave her our number. Well... Hang on. I think Robbie's about to make another appearance. Hello? Help me. Oh, oh God, please, help me. Robbie? Oh, God. Please. You gotta help me. It's, it's, it's gonna kill me. Sean, Karen are typical American teenage girls. They live on their cell phones. Well, tonight, Shauna is babysitting two darling children. And while she and Karen talk, Shauna's going to receive someone's last call. Oh, hello. You must be Shauna. Yes, you're Ms. Ash? I am. Come in, come in. I really have to thank you for coming out to babysit on Halloween. I'm sure you'd rather be out trick-or-treating with your boyfriend and your friends. Actually, I've never really had a boyfriend. Just haven't thought about it much. 
I just moved here a few years ago, so I haven't met anyone I like in that way yet. Ah, well, I like a girl of standards. Look, are you sure you wouldn't rather be doing something else? I know I called your parents on very short notice. Well, I did want to be with a friend of mine. My best friend Karen has leukemia, and she can't do anything too tiring, so she's stuck at home in bed. That's one thing I was going to talk to you about. If you hadn't called for a babysitter, I'd be hanging out with her tonight, but I could use the money. Would you mind if I talk to her on my cell phone? We can keep each other company that way. Of course not, dear. Talk away. In fact, Lucy and Billy are in their playroom upstairs. I shouldn't be gone for more than two and a half hours, so I'll be back in time to put them to bed. I was going to tell you that you don't need to disturb them unless they get too rowdy. They're twins, you see, and they go off in their own little world. They probably won't even notice I'm gone unless you draw attention to it. If they start getting a little too noisy, just give them a shout and they'll calm right down. You don't think I should go up and introduce myself to them? No, they'll be fine. You're just here to make sure they don't get out of hand. If you say so, Ms. Ash. I know it's unusual, but trust me, I know my twins. They really won't even notice I'm gone at all. I have to thank you for doing this. Single moms don't get much of a chance to get out by themselves. It's going to be nice just to slip off to a movie. I'm glad I could help out. Now there's soda and sandwich stuff in the fridge, so feel free to help yourself. And the remote for the TV is on the coffee table. Thanks, Ms. Ash. Not at all, dear. Oh, one last thing. Could I have your cell phone number just in case I want to check in with you? Sure. Okay. What is it? It's 339-555-4663. Got it. Well, my number's by the phone. Thanks again for coming. Have a good time. I know I will. And speakerphone. What's up? Hmm, usual. Laying here, playing on the net, reading graphics, stuff like that. Well, I wish I had a laptop. I'm stuck here and all I have is the TV. Did you do that essay for English yet? Uh, yeah. Don't think I'll get a good grade, though. I'm just not into the whole Romeo and Juliet thing. Ah, come on. Dying for their love. All because their parents didn't like each other. How tragic. Well, I guess, but I've always gotten along with my parents. I mean, sure, we get mad at each other sometimes, but I love them. My parents have always taken good care of me, and they've let me have as much of a normal life as I can. But haven't you heard any of the kids in our class talk? Some of them just hate their rents. And what would you do if you liked a boy and they wouldn't let you go out with him? Well, they just wouldn't do that. I mean, as long as he's not like a total druggie or sex fiend or something. But they know I haven't even been looking for a boyfriend. Mom even asked me about it the other day. She's like, when I was your age, I was at least going to the movies with a boy once in a while. I just haven't met the guy I want to actually go out with yet. Well, my mom would be ecstatic if a boy noticed me. But it's not likely to happen with the radiation treatments. Karen, you're still pretty. Girl, 
I may have leukemia, but I am not blind. I have a mirror. I look like a skeleton. And I'd be really good in one of those after World War III movies. <laughs> don't say that. You're a really awesome person, and I don't like to hear you get down on yourself like that. I know boys would be standing in line to go out with you if they just take the time to talk to you. Thanks, Jonna. But enough about my boy trouble. I saw Robbie Kearns staring at you in algebra. That's just because we have Mr. Galt. He's like a robot or something. Dude, he wears the exact same clothes every day. I looked one day, and he missed the third belt loop on his pants. Okay, so he's no fashion expert. That's not the end, though. When I looked next class, he had missed the same loop. It's like he never changes clothes. I wouldn't be surprised if the janitor comes in after all the kids have gone home and turns him off and puts him in the storage closet. <laughs> You're so weird sometimes, Shauna. But I see what you mean. It's not just that. No one can get him to make sense of the scribble he writes on the board. His honors class average is like 69%. Oh, I believe it. But how do you find that out? I was in the guidance office, and the secretary gave Mrs. Grimes the teacher's class averages on a chart. She just looked at it and sighed and muttered something about tenure. Tenure? Yeah, I think that's like if a teacher teaches for so long, they can't get rid of them no matter how bad they are. So anyway, I would... in a jar on eBay for like two or three thousand dollars. Wow. Some people will buy anything. Yeah, tell me about it. You'd be surprised. Some of the things I find on the net want stuck at home like this. Mom says it's gonna warp my mind. But I asked her if that isn't what Grandma said about television when she was my age. What did she say? She said there was no point in her denying it. So Grandma would tell me the truth anyhow. Just to annoy her. <laughs> Thank God for grandparents. Hey, you guys, settle down up there. Don't you want to go up and see what they're doing? Nah, Ms. Ash said not to bug them unless they get really quiet or start crying or something. Okay. She says they're twins and they go off in their own little world, and if I didn't draw attention to it, they wouldn't even know she was gone. Well, I guess that makes it easier on you then. Yeah, I guess, but I'd rather be hanging out with you in person. Sorry. But since Dad's job got sent overseas, I'm trying to pick up a little money where I can. No worry. I'm just lucky Mom's a nurse. Now, she could stay at home with me on the bad days and still be working for the in-home care group. Yeah. Hang on, I got another call. Hello? Hello? Who is this? Okay, whoever this is, is a lame joke. I know it's Halloween, but come on. Yeah, whatever. Try this on a third grader, it might work on them. Sorry, Karen, that was some dork playing a lame joke. He was all... <gasps> then he goes, help me. God, I swear it was the most over-the-top acting I've ever heard. Weird. Who was it? 
I don't know. We got Salem Cellular. Call waiting ID is an extra feature we couldn't pay for. What do you want to bet it was Robbie? Huh? How do you even get my number? Remember? At the beginning of school. We filled out all those peer assistance forms. That way everyone in our class would have our phone numbers, email, and stuff. Oh my god, yeah. Okay, but why do you think it's Robbie? Well, like I said, he was staring at you through all of math class. And you know how he loves to play pranks on people. Like that time, he put the whoopee cushion on Jordan's chair in 8th grade homeroom. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Jordan's so shy, I thought he'd jump out of his skin when it went off. Anyway, unless Robbie's changed over the summer, crank calls are totally his style. Yeah, you're right. Still, he's kind of cute. I mean, maybe he'd want to go to the movies with me? Or the arcade? There's no way I could ask him, though. What? Why not? I mean, it's not as if we're living in the 60s or something. Maybe we're not, but I still like the idea of the guy doing the asking. It's romantic in a way. Girl, you've gotta go while the getting is good. Yeah, right. We're only freshmen. There's tons of time for that. Oh, so did you hear about Jenny Felt and Blaine Creevy? No, yes. Well... I thought they hated each other, at least they seemed to in 8th grade, but I heard that last weekend at Miles Paulson's party... <laughs> I wonder how much special punch he had to drink before getting up enough nerve to do that! Hang on, another call. If it's Robbie again... Hello? Robbie, I know it's you and this isn't funny. It was him again. This time he was screaming. She's lame. I don't know, Karen. I'm starting to wonder. These screams really sounded awful. It sounded like someone was torturing him. At first I thought it was over-the-top acting, but I've never really heard someone in pain, and if I had to imagine it, this is what I'd imagine. Okay. Let's say he's being tortured. Why would he call you? How would he get his hands on a phone without whoever has him seeing it? And who would take him anyway? I don't know. Some perv, maybe? You hear about it on the news all the time. Yeah, but come on. I mean, but what are the odds? This is a small town. Not some huge city like New York or something. <sighs> yeah, you're probably right. <sighs> you two play nice! Keep it down! It's so weird not entertaining the kids or even being able to see them. Yeah, it is weird. But I guess parents know their own children. I'd never seen Ms. Ash around, but Mom says she's new in town. She met her at the grocery store, and they talked for a while. I guess the twins must have been at school because they weren't with her. Anyway, Mom said I'd do babysitting sometimes and gave her our number. Well... Hang on. I think Robbie's about to make another appearance. Hello? Help me. Oh, oh God, please, help me. Robbie? Where are you? I don't know. It looks like a, like a bathroom. Oh god, it hurts. It hurts so bad. What hurts? What's happening to you? Oh god, please. 
You gotta help me. It's, it's, it's gonna kill me. Robbie, what's going to kill you? You left the phone when it went away. It's gonna come back. It's gonna hurt me. It hurts. Why does it like hurt me? It's coming back. What? I want to help, but I have to know where- Karen? Oh my god. I think- I think he's really in trouble. What happened? He was begging me to help him. Karen, I don't think he was acting. He was desperate, terrified. He said something was hurting him. Something? Something? Yeah, he kept saying it. You really think he's not playing? Yeah, I do. He sounded so scared. Well, what should we do? Stash 59 doesn't work, and what would you tell the police if you call them? I don't know. Well, if you want to call them, use the home phone and I'll stay on with you. Maybe. Guys, knock it off! Settle down! You'd think they'd notice it's not their mom yelling at them. She said they were off in their own little world. I don't know. I guess. Still, it's weird. It's gotta be Robbie again. See if he can give you some details about the place he's in. Hello? <laughs> Karen? I think he's dead. Oh my god. You've got to call the police. I'm scared, Karen. I don't like being here all alone. She didn't tell you not to disturb the kids at all, did she? No. That's a good idea. I'll go up and check on them. Maybe I can call the cops from upstairs. Lucy? Billy? What the? What is it? A CD player. It's nothing but a CD player. What? There are no kids here, just an empty bedroom. There's a bed, a dresser, and a closet. No kids. Oh my god. Shauna, you need to get out of there. Yeah, I think you're right. But hold on, there's a really solid looking door next to the closet. I don't know, Shauna. I think you should just go. Hang on, I at least have to check it. What if the kids are hiding in there? Karen! It's Robbie. He's... He's in the bathtub. At least most of him is. Oh my god. Oh my god. for God's sake! Get the hell out of there! You weren't supposed to find him yet. I have to clear up the mess to get ready for you. Gotta get out of here. Oh, you're not going anywhere, my dear. I need you. He was only the first part of the ritual. You are the second. Karen! Help me! She can't hear you. I ended the call. You see, I need you and Robbie here to complete a rejuvenation ritual. Two virgin sacrifices are always required. One male and one female. What are you? Well now, I guess you could call me a demon. That's the closest you're going to get anyway. 
I have been around for a very, very long time. I need these rejuvenation rituals every 50 years or so. But the thing I really enjoy, the thing I truly thrive on, is the terror of others. That's why I kill the way I do. And that's why I called you while I tortured poor Robbie. I'm going to have to knock you out while I prepare. And that's when I lost the call, Mom. You should have got me when Shanna started to wonder how real Robbie's calls were. We'd better call Shanna's parents, and then I'll call the police. I just hope we can grab Sh Hello? You have been listening to Night Terrors. Last Call, written by Chris Snyder and Erica Gilbert. Featured in the cast were Erica Gilbert as Ms. Ash, Kara Dennison as Shauna, Shire Smith as Karen, Chris Snyder as Robbie, and Victoria Sampson as Karen's mother. Original music was composed and realized by James Tay. The series was produced and directed by Mark Brzee. Co-production and post-production by Chris Snyder. The executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects presentation. So until next time, sleep well. This is Gabriel Lopez Cafati. I am a needed past president of BPI. I have to confess that Halloween is not my favorite holiday. So my favorite time of the year is November, December. Uh, anything around Thanksgiving and Christmas is, I'm there. I grew up in Honduras in Central America, but I, I grew up in a very American-influenced society. To me, October 31st, or Halloween, was always that bump in between the rest of the year and finally being able to be in the Christmas season. So I couldn't get through Halloween fast enough. I did participate in Halloween costume contests growing up. When I go back, I'm like, oh my God, how was it that I did not realize no one else around me realized that I was gay? Okay, so second grade, my costume was a magician. I wore these white satin pants and a purple satin jacket with silver moons and stars 
sewed all over it. A big, like one of those cone hats with like glitter and moons and stars on it. And that little mask that covers your eyes with also glitter around it. I won second prize. Now my third grade costume, I wanted to be one of the Muppets. <laughs> so obviously I had this cute stuffed animal version of Cookie Monster. And I loved it. So I wanted to wear a costume uh, representing Cookie Monster. So they got blue carpeting and I wore a t-shirt that said I love cookies where the two O's were the picture of cookies. My eyes were two golf balls. <laughs> so yeah, and I had a box of cookies. Now fourth grade, I went all out. So my parents had traveled to New Orleans and they purchased this awesome makeup kit that included hairspray and all like the base, the red lipstick for your lips, which was my favorite, eyeliner, etc. and fangs. And then the same seamstress who had done my previous two costumes did my Dracula costume, out of which the cape was my favorite feature. I felt like a celebrity, like in hair and makeup, because <laughs> I was being made up with makeup, uh, out of which my favorite was the red lipstick. Definitely some of the eyeliner. Oh my god, it was gorgeous. The cape. I Oh, I rocked that cape. Fast forward many, many, many years. In the year 2000 marked the point in my life where I fell in love it is not with a man, but a city. That was the first time I visited New York City. September of 2000, right then and there. As soon as I stepped, stepped foot on the first sidewalk in New York City, I was like, oh, I'm home. What are the events that I did during that visit? I went to the Majestic Theater for The Phantom of the Opera. Of course, I fell in love with the actual production. I loved the music already. I could almost recite the music in my brain. There's two things that are very salient for me from the Phantom of the Opera and from this experience. One of them being the performance of my favorite, favorite, favorite aria from the Phantom of the Opera, which is Music of the Night. I felt so close to that song or aria because the way in which the phantom of the opera talks about not paying attention to all of the other senses and there's darkness and everything is still so beautiful it kind of helped me transition from being sighted to being blind because i could feel that part of me that was leaving behind the sighted world and coming into a world where just the sounds and the feeling of it. I could see back then, so I could see the little boat floating, just the stage going dark, and that beautiful music. It was like a premonition, but it also helped me transition, and I could see the beauty of the music of the night within a context that was not visually oriented that was a dark stage but still beautiful still gorgeous still touching your heart and your soul 
few years later, one of my cousins decided to have a Halloween birthday party. And my costume was the Phantom of the Opera. I had the mask. I had the black cape. The rest of it was black clothing. And I had a very, very gorgeous red rose. And I just felt that I could live the concept of the Phantom of the Opera. If I didn't realize I was gay back then, it's like, hello, because, you know, a black cape, white mask covering half of my face and a red rose. And I just wanted to sing and I just wanted to perform and just just wanted to be so proud of who I was at that point, who was blind. And I feel the half mask also represented that I was like trying to come out, but still not fully out. And yet I knew that many people knew that I was gay, but I myself didn't want to openly accept it. So it was like a half mask, like I'm half in, half out of the closet. Even though I do not particularly love Halloween, Halloween has had a couple of very, very meaningful moments in my life and has had a lot of meaningful messages. I wish I would have paid more attention to and would have saved me many, 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 many years of suffering debating who am I. I hope this message makes some of you laugh, some of you smile, some of you giggle, and some of you reflect on paying attention to those little cues that show up in the weirdest forms in life. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, and happy holidays.
We hope you have enjoyed this special seasonal presentation of Pride Connection, featuring stories and reflections from our community, the radio drama from Tristan Snyder, and my very own piano playing and solo arrangement of the Phantom of the Opera medley. Catch us again in two weeks, wherever you get your podcasts, for more engaging content from the blind LGBT community. Happy Halloween! You've been listening to Pride Connection, brought to you by Blind Pride International. For more information about our organization, please visit bpi.gay. Happy Halloween, and hope we haunt your dreams. <laughs> Ha 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 